The podcast is going to sound a little bit different today because producer Kyle, producer Sky, producer Matt, they usually put it together. One of them. None of them are available. So I'm doing it. Hopefully I can do half as good a job as they do. And on today's podcast, as listener Gary put it right out of the gates, it's Mask Up Monday as the Metro Winnipeg region enters level orange restrictions, which means mandatory masks in indoor public places. We spoke to the owner of King's Head Pub on what this means for restaurants and pubs, and we headed out to Selkirk to speak to their mayor, who wonders why Selkirk is included. And are there any chores you enjoy? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Monday, September 28th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Text message at 204-780-6868 from Gary, who sends us a picture every morning. I believe he is deep in Transcona on the outskirts near Kelly Moorville, and he described it as Mask Up Monday. I think we're going to borrow that, if that's okay, Gary. I think it's very apropos. A little bit spooky looking out there, but Loren, uh, change for many people in Manitoba. A lot of us aren't really going to notice a difference except what we see on the faces of other people as we're being asked to comply with these new rules and regulations indoors at the very least here in, Ma- in uh, the city of Winnipeg and 17 surrounding communities. Yeah, I think it kind of depends on what you do for a living, where you're going and where your journeys take you right over the next few weeks and and how it will or will not impact your life. I know for us, we had already started the conversations before the announcement Friday in our family about, okay, I think we really need to stop and think about where we're going to shop and and getting back to that online shopping and maybe not going into the city as much because I live outside of the city. And that announcement then came Friday and I was like, oh, no, we're in this one too. So uh, yeah, there's Winnipeg. And then of course you mentioned the 17 municipalities. So everyone from Selkirk, Stonewall, St. Adolph, Niverville, they're, they're all a part of this. And uh, the new world this morning is mass wherever you go, essentially, Brett. Yeah, we're just, it's, it's kind of weird sitting in the studio and seeing all the people, all of our coworkers walking by now masking up already. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I've been wearing the masks more frequently anyway. Um, so, and we just heard while we were getting ready for the show on the shift overnight that there's new research pointing to the fact that the mask doesn't just protect others from you, but can actually pr- help prevent you from getting even sicker. Uh, so once you, once you hear that, it kind of makes you stop and go, okay, what? I mean, and the mask doesn't, A, it doesn't hurt to wear. Uh, I get, I, I find I'm, I'm getting like a little stuffed up under it because it's not, obviously it's not ideal. It's not my preference, but it's not the Nobody's end of the world. preference. No, but, and, uh, and it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's just funny the other day, uh, Kayla Evans, Globe, we just heard her give her forecast. She says, hey, cool mask. I'm like, uh, yep, that, I, that's where we're at. <laughs> that's a compliment in 2020. It is. It's part of your fashion uh, decision in the morning if you've got more than one. Or like your Batman mask, that is uh, just a depiction, a, a very bold declaration of who you are. Yep. And so people people are digging that. Uh, do you have a collection of masks, uh, McNabb, that you can choose from depending on the outfit that you're no. wearing? Do they no. match your... Oh wait, you haven't worn heels in how long now? <laughs> no, no, I, I, I do have. I have masks in the car, in the glove box, in my purse. I have them hanging from my light upstairs because when the kids come home, they immediately come off, and I hand wash them and hang them to dry. And so I've just decided that I'm not going. Normally, you wouldn't air your dirty laundry, so to speak. You know, you wouldn't have it hanging in the kitchen, but they're all just hanging from the light upstairs. But I don't have an assortment of them. I, they're pretty much all look the same, and they're fairly basic. So I don't like. I, I get why people like to. 
you know, maybe it might be an accessory for some people, but for me, it's just, I don't care what it looks like. Just get it on. Well, on Friday, Global spoke to a number of people in the area to just to get gauge their opinion on what it happens as of today. Level orange restrictions. Uh, I think it's a smart move to do it now. I think that it's a small sacrifice to make uh, in order to kind of keep the numbers down. I would definitely say it is a little bit late, um, especially with the phase two of reopening where they decided to uh, open up the patios. I feel like this move could have been made a lot before. It can be a nuisance at some point, but I mean, would you outweigh the pros and cons, right? You don't know what can happen to you. It's just something we're going to have to get used to and it's going to be a long time. I just hope that uh, that there is no like major negativity that arises. Just looking at globalnews.ca this morning and I saw, I think it was in Surrey, a uh, fist fight broke out on a bus because a guy refused to wear a mask. Well, I guess it, this is where the mandatory thing can be a little bit tricky and who should be enforcing that? Who's, who's responsible for enforcing? And I'm not sure that under normal circumstances, I'm getting in anybody's business and saying, hey, you're supposed to be wearing a mask. I, I, I suppose I might, depending on the circumstance, but I think uh, the best way to go about it is just to emulate the emulate the action that you want to see from others. If you want others to wear a mask, then you do it yourself. And eventually, it, it I think it it becomes a little bit of a trend. I was overwhelmed the other day at the end of our day at 10 o'clock, at least on air, when I went down into the concourse, I couldn't believe how many people were wearing masks. And that was before the code orange. So I think it just is something that's uh, self-perpetuating itself. But now, obviously, you need to do it. Who's going to be tapping you on the shoulder from afar to say that you have to do it? I'm not sure about that. But uh uh, I'm not not exactly sure that I want to find out I, either. Well, I've I've seen a few examples in a couple grocery stores that were already mandating masks, where there was a handful of people not wearing them, and I never wa- and uh, they weren't confronted by anyone, but they were given enough looks that eventually one went on, one put one on, and the other one just left. You know, so I don't know if that's sort of part of people's strategy, the old stink eye. But if you don't like it, don't go out then. You know, don't go into that store. I understand there's people with different issues and challenges, but this is the rule now, right? This is the right. This is the order. This is what we're under. So the quicker we we get it together, then maybe the quicker this goes away, right? So I think that the, the mask question to me, now that it's mandated, makes it simpler. But we will get into a bit more of this at 637, Brett, because there's there are still questions about gatherings and, and who is impacted by that and who isn't. And of course, if you have someone who has a wedding that was planned in the, in the days and weeks ahead, I'm, I'm really feeling for you because we know that depending on where you live, that wedding might have changed drastically. Yeah, yesterday I was at Kingswood Golf Course in LaSalle and they had set up shop for a wedding in their hall because the wedding was supposed to happen next week. So they rescheduled last minute to get it in yesterday ahead of today's restrictions. Um, so a lot of people, and, and you will hear in this story at 637, I think a lot of people probably had kind of last second weddings over the weekend, right? So yeah, this is uh, obviously it sucks uh, for anybody who is tr- have probably had to reschedule their wedding three or four times already. I know one of our colleagues has had to reschedule his wedding social, and now I think he's just looking for an alternative way to do it all together. I don't know if he's even going forward with the social. So more on that at 637 and more on 
What happens with restaurants and bars? We'll speak to the King's Head at 8.07. Coming up at 6.45, details on how you can win yourself a large two-topping pizza from Santa Lucia. We've got Manitoba Turkey Producers gift card, $25 worth at 8.45. And just very quickly, (laughs) Friday, beautiful. Saturday turned out beautiful. Yesterday was a horror show. What the hell kind of weather? <laughs> we got all the seasons over the weekend. Saturday was supposed to be terrible weather-wise, was it not? Yeah, well, it, yeah, it, was, it wasn't it, great. It, and then it started out really rough. It was cloudy. It was dark. I think I, I think we even had a little bit of rain Saturday morning. Turned out to be hot. Then it turned into be like one of the most beautiful days that we've had in a long time. And that's saying something because Friday was almost perfect. Yeah, yeah. So I was kind of I didn't I didn't even book a round of golf on Saturday because I thought uh, the weather was going to be whatever. I, I I cursed you Saturday, Brett. (laughs) I woke up Saturday and I was like, yep, Brett did this. He jinxed us. He said Friday was going to be our last day. And then it turned so nice that I almost phoned you up to be like, sorry, I was very angry at you this morning. You didn't even know it. I didn't. I said this could be our last <laughs> nice day. So it was a gift. It was well, a gift. Hopefully. There was anger directed your way for no reason. <laughs> ah, that's okay. I'm kind of used to that. Level orange. The question of the day that went up on Friday afternoon at CJOB.com. Winnipeg has moved to level orange restrictions. What does this mean for you? And looking at the results, which, by the way, are brought to you by... Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. Results at cjob.com. 30, this is a close one, 30, uh, 36% say, I'm going to be staying home unless it's absolutely necessary to go out. 35% say, I'm still going to go out, but will definitely be more cautious. And 29% say, nothing. I'm going to keep living my life. So cast your vote at cjob.com. And indeed, as it pertains to Level Orange, uh, masks now mandatory in Winnipeg and the surrounding metropolitan region. Yeah, and uh, lots of people saying that maybe we should have done this a week or two earlier, but here we are, cannot go back in time. It's all part of a move announced on Friday, which saw Winnipeg and 17 surrounding municipalities move to Code Orange. We know many of you are still looking for clarity on what that means for you. Here is Global's Joe Scarpelli with an explainer. Dr. Brent Rusin says masks will be required inside any business that deals with the public. However, they can be taken off under certain circumstances. Entering a restaurant, going to the washroom in a restaurant, uh, wearing a mask. If you're seated at a table um, and uh, consuming food, then you'll be able to remove that mask, obviously. Same with a, a person working in their own office or, or in an in a office setting where they're distanced from other people, they won't need to be wearing the mask. Gathering sizes have been pulled back to just 10 people, both indoors and outdoors. This includes weddings and funerals, but not businesses that are already covered under other health orders. Places like uh, uh, gyms already have their capacity limits. Um, retail outlets already have their the capacity that they have to follow. Rusin says a number of factors played into the decision to elevate Winnipeg to code orange, although Winnipeg's test positivity rate is currently lower than Brandon's when new restrictions were implemented there. The Brandon area there, uh, even as we saw that test positivity rate climbing, um, you know, a lot of the epidemiology, we, we knew exactly what was happening. We had some specific clusters where it was. We don't have that benefit here in Winnipeg. Dr. Rusin says it'll be about two weeks before we see how well the new restrictions are working, adding more restrictions could come at any time. 
Joe Scarpelli, Global News. So as Joe mentioned, gathering sizes have been reduced to more to no more than 10 people. But like he said, there are different rules for gyms, rinks, casinos, and other activities like sports that have their own capacity guidelines with the public health orders, Loren. But events like weddings, they are impacted by these social gathering limits. So over the weekend, Global's Merrick the Catch spoke to Lori Newfeld at Whitetail Meadow. That's a wedding venue that actually just sits in the arm of Rashad. And it's a beautiful barn that's just been redone over the past five years or so. And it's included in these new restrictions. And so on Sunday, uh, Whitetail Meadows, they actually held a wedding for a couple that had planned to marry in October. But when these changes were announced, they, like other people we've heard, quickly moved that wedding up. After that, all our events are cancelled. After a turbulent summer full of uncertainty for wedding venues, the industry is being hit yet again. We would have happily had our clients wear masks, um, but it wasn't an option. I, we don't understand why casinos are open, theatres are open, schools are open, and we can't be open and responsibly socially distance. It's, it's really, it's so discouraging. The new rules only cover specific rural municipalities, and with Whitetail Meadow located in the RM of Rishot, their competitors just down the road in the RM of Hanover are not included in the new mandate. Exactly the same demographic, the same clientele as we do, but they're, they're open. So they're taking, they're taking bookings left, right and centre. All these really disappointed brides that are, frankly, you know, they just want to get married. Some of them have had to change their plans two and three times already. And the uncertainty level will remain high while the province offered no comment specific to the plight of event venues. They said earlier that new restrictions will last for at least 30 days. You don't know. You don't know how long this is going to carry on for. You don't know if we'll be looking at this still in early next year. Merrick Takash, Global News. And I can certainly appreciate some of that frustration, guys, when you're trying to figure out what how the social gathering limits apply and where they do and where they don't. And you heard her say, you know, she can't figure out how you can go to a casino, but you can't have a wedding where you would be required to wear a mask. And so I appreciate where those businesses are coming from and where those bride and grooms are coming from. I mean, it's very challenging right now to make any sort of plans when you, when you don't know what's coming next. Yeah, I don't even know what to say anymore on this front. Uh, weddings have been up in the air since March, clearly. I know some people who have, in fact, uh, rescheduled their weddings, uh, in one case twice, another case three times, and sort of got uh, under the wire last weekend here in the capital region, so to speak. So I can only imagine the frustration. This is just one of the side effects of where we're at i i you know being a former restaurant hospitality guy i can just i i feel for these people because it is a livelihood it's a way of life and it's a really it's how these people make their living but here they are stuck in the middle of this whole thing you can't help but feel horrible for them brett she pointed in that story to the fact that uh casinos can still be open. You know, why are casinos open, but the restriction applies to weddings? And do you think that perhaps, Greg, that could pertain to the fact that a wedding, you know, people are consuming alcohol, they might throw caution to the wind, you know, the people who go to a wedding typically know each other better, whereas with the casino, it's, you know, you might go with a couple of people, but you're not going, generally not going to the casino with 50 of your friends. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could come up with a 
case study or justify the reason why they've made this decision. Loren, I know that when you have people over at your house, the the chances that you're wearing a mask in your house or in a situation like a wedding probably reduce drastically the amount of time that you're spending face-to-face with individuals uh, outside your home might be greater than sitting with your face up against a VLT. I don't know how they justify this. Any ideas on Uh, your side? We were talking about this on the weekend too with the challenges for nightclubs and bars and even lounges, right? And and whether it has to also do with just the fact that the more alcohol that might be consumed, the less you have sort of the, you know, your inhibition sort of fly. And therefore you are hugging or high-fiving or dancing or getting closer than you might normally. I, I don't know. I, there's, there's certainly reasons for it. We're not the only province to sort of make these distinctions in Canada when it comes to where gathering limits uh, do and do not apply. I think that there is room for some clarity here. And Dr. Brent Rusin will no doubt be holding a 1 p.m. newser today just to sort of walk us through some of these changes again. Because another thing that's also come up, raised by a listener just within the last 10 minutes, is uh, sports. And, and, and sports have different guidelines than um, some of the other businesses. And so those can still continue. And so they were asking in a text, like, hang on, like adult hockey leagues can still have people on the ice without masks and and that's a larger size than 10, right? And so there is there is a bit of, there is challenges into understanding why one would be impacted versus not the other under these. But it's, I think, I think it's part of the idea that we still have to move forward a little bit with trying to live with the virus. And therefore, that's why this line has been drawn. But if you're if you're on the wrong side of it, it's got to hurt. Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, you can win yourself a large two-topping pizza just after 9.15 from Santa Lucia based on the conversation we are about to have in your text messages at 204-780-6868. And it has to do with something Greg went through over the weekend. And I learned that he really hates something. What is it, Greg? I hate putting away laundry. <laughs> I don't mind sorting it. I don't mind putting it in the washing machine. I don't even mind sorting through the items that need to be hung versus go in the dryer. Yeah. And I'll take it one step further. I don't even mind folding it all that much. In fact, I, there's a satisfaction of folding it nicely, folding a T-shirt just right, even yeah. though I don't have Gap experience or any of those other retailers. Uh, but I hate putting it away. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I wish I could tell you. I just don't like it. It feels like that that last step yeah. is, is the most intrusive, the most cumbersome, and the least enjoyable. Well, you could do like I used to do when I lived with my buddy Burkus. Um, I would do my laundry, and then I would just take it out of the, wa- of the dryer and throw it on the couch with the intention that it's, it's right beside me. I'm just I'm going to fold it, right? No, it would just sit there. And I would sleep on it, you know. I'd, I'd fold, like roll it up into a ball, become and sleep. a blanket, yeah, pillow, would, a pillow. And if I needed something, I would just in the morning I would, you know, sift through the pile, and eventually the pile would disappear. Well, Bron, don't you call your dryer your other dresser? Oh, yeah, that's where the socks and underwear stay until I need them. <laughs> okay, so let's go around the horn here. Kelly Moore is here. Jeff Forte, we just heard Jeff Braun. Jeff, why don't we start with you? Is there a chore you actually enjoy doing? I really like washing my car. Like, with, I go to the wand wash. I don't go through the drive through thing. I like going to the wand wash and cranking it up and uh, spraying down the car. It makes me feel like a fireman, but uh, <laughs> a much easier way of, you know, 
controlling water than the firemen have to actually do, and there's no danger. So I enjoy that. And then at the end, you got a nice clean car. It's a real satisfying feeling. But I really hate cleaning the interior of the car. Get scrubbing in there and vacuuming that. That's that's for the birds. It's too hard to move around in there. It's makes it's uncomfortable. What do you got there, Greg? <laughs> Paula, I can't believe this. Paula says she loves ironing. She finds it relaxing. Do people still do that? I still iron occasionally. Yeah, like the odd thing I can imagine, but the the days of you know where you can picture, I can picture my mom standing there with the ironing board, ironing dozens of items at a time. I don't know if people still do that. More maybe your dress shirt. Yes. Yeah, you? Kelly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, I don't mind ironing at all. I'll uh, usually set it up and put on a game or uh, you know chuck on a, 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 a music station or whatever on the TV, and I'm I'm fine with that. And I don't mind folding laundry in GMAC. I don't even mind putting it away. No, you're a good man. You're a better man than me, Kelly. No, on I, I so just wanted, many I levels. Just, I just wanted to know, yeah. so, is there at least someone in the Mackling clan that likes putting laundry away? <laughs> well, let's just put it this way. It eventually gets put away, but there are, are typically crosswords exchanged in the in the endeavor to have it put away. How's that? As far as ironing goes, too, like I, uh, I once had access to a steamer, so I think steamer is nice in a pinch uh, because it's a pretty quick process. But if you want your shirt to be crisp, that's where the iron no can't be defeated uh, no. because the steamer doesn't, you know, make the the collar nice and sharp. What about you, Forte? Any oh, chores you like doing? I I, I don't mind uh, cleaning the counters. Like to, uh, if there's any kind of mess on them, like food or something like that. I like to, I like just to see something clean. So <laughs> I like doing the counters and the sinks. Are your your counters clutter free? Yes. Okay. It's a good uh, way to go. Yeah. The less clutter on the counter, the better. How much stuff do you have on display, McNabb, on your counters in your kitchen? <laughs> uh, I hate clutter. Like, I hate it. So if what? a glass is sitting there, it goes in the dishwasher. If it's a piece of paper, I've tossed it in the garbage. And so many times people in my family will have to say, I'm setting this here for a reason. Please do not move it. And I think, find another spot. Like, I don't want it there. So if the kitchen counter has anything on it, it's gone. Yeah, gone. Especially, especially dishes in the sink. I can't stand yes, that either. That, like, nothing, especially when the dishwasher is empty. But I, to me, a chore is satisfying when it can stay that way for a certain length of time. So I don't get any satisfaction about chucking away the clutter because five minutes later, something else is sitting in its spot. Where, so I, where, I like were, things. where were you guys when we were still at Polo Park? Two people that don't like dishes in the sink. Oh, I put the dish. I, I, when you were gone, I, Kelly, I, I, would quite yes. often clean out that dishwasher. I hit out. No, my but I met all the dishes in the sink. I don't put dishes in the sink. I wash the hand wash them. Then, if that dishwasher is <laughs> full, I, honest to God, hand wash those dishes. I will admit, Kelly, that I gave up on cleaning that kitchen in our old building. I just gave up, and I felt yeah. bad that I abandoned you. But I was tired of cleaning up after our slob co-workers. So uh, that was just a losing battle. So good for you for soldiering on through that. Uh, it's for me a, a chore, I, two chores I actually like doing. I, do, I like folding laundry, partly because I'm a little OCD. So I find uh, when, you, when I get the T-shirt right... It, it, it's very satisfying. Yes. But, but the, the, the downside to that is because of the OCD, if I get it wrong, I have to refold it sometimes five, six times until I get it perfect. Ooh. So that's a problem. I also, yeah. uh, I like doing dishes too. I'll, I'll put the dishes off, but once I start doing them, I find dishes quite relaxing. I don't know if that harkens back to my Taco Bell days when I used to do, I always was the dish guy. 
I always liked doing dishes at Taco Bell. So I'm glad you said dish guy because uh, probably back in your area or your era, the dishwasher had another nickname that we probably shouldn't use on the air. Oh boy, starts with a oh. P. No, uh, did you never hear that terminology in the restaurant? Please I, forgive me, but you were called the dish pig. Oh, back <laughs> when I was a dishwasher, okay. it was, oh, Mackling's a dish pig tonight. No. When I was 15, 16. And uh, uh, Kelsch, if you're listening, I still remember I would have everything pretty much done. And then out from the line would come three or four things. Oh, Mackling forgot these for you. <laughs> Filled with gravy and absolutely oh. destroyed charred remains of what was ever come out of the broiler that didn't get taken out in time. That's uh, uh, 35 years later, and I still remember. <laughs> so text us, 204-780-6868. Is there a chore you actually enjoy doing and why? And if there isn't, like if you just hate all chores, tell us that too and tell us why. Loren, you mentioned that you like to clear the clutter off the kitchen counter. What's the chore, the other chore that you like to well, do? I don't like to clear. I hate the clutter. So <laughs> I don't get any satisfaction. I'm annoyed by it. I like chores where the the effects linger for at least an hour, whereas taking the clutter off, say, the island in the kitchen, well, five minutes later, that's done. You know, like Greg's hatred of the laundry. If you do the laundry, I know he doesn't hate all aspects of the laundry, but you do the laundry Two minutes later, there's still something in the laundry bin. Like it's like a never-ending chore. So I like things that you know for at least a bit, like like a sink or even the washrooms. I don't mind doing or cutting the lawn or vacuuming, where you can look and be like, ah, all right, check out those clean lines in that carpet. You know where you can tell where you vacuumed, and it usually at least stays that way. Like not sometimes it can be a matter of hours, but it's like a little bit. Your work at least is rewarded for a bit, and that's the kind of chores I can get on board with. Yeah, I'm with you on the cutting the lawn and the vacuuming and the dusting. At least there is some general window of satisfaction. But even with the dishes in my house, it they are absolutely never ending because ultimately when it comes down to it, even though you tell the kids, now go downstairs and uh, check the family room for uh, dishes and uh, pop bottles and water bottles, this, that, and the other, and then you send them up to their room and then they always miss something. So the, the, the washing of the dishes is never ultimately done. But here's a question I always have, because my boys argue all the time about who's going to wash, who's going to dry, who's going to put away when I make them do uh, the bigger things by hand. What do you prefer to do, Brett? Do you prefer the washing or the drying? Washing. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, there were a couple of items that I just hated washing. My parents, uh, my mom used to have this griddle. I think it's called a griddle. Is that the one? Is electric, that the thing? Electric yeah, griddle? Yeah. Flat that, grill? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. For <clears throat> and French toast and that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, she used to make bacon on it. Oh, um, nice. And it worked wonders for that. And she used it for for lots of stuff for years and years. But it was a pain to wash. And uh, so I hated doing that. But generally speaking, I prefer the washing than as opposed to the drying. And I'll usually just drip dry everything. And the funny thing is I have a dishwasher in my apartment, but it takes too long for enough dishes to accumulate in the dishwasher, and I run out of dishes, but I still feel guilty running a dishwasher that's like kind of empty, right? Because I have four plates, four big plates, four little plates. I don't want to run a dishwasher on that. It would take me forever to actually fill her up and then run it, so I just end up hand-washing everything. Yeah, well, sometimes, too, if it's just you, like if I just go upstairs and have breakfast later... I'll wash those dishes, hand wash them because it's just a dish in a cup. I've actually thought about in our house pulling out a bunch of dishes, like 
you get one cup for life. And if you can't figure out how to keep that cup clean, you're on your own, buddy, because I'm so tired of 19 water glasses. Like, it's just water. No one could wash that? That is a great idea. (laughs) Question of the day, cjob.com. Winnipeg has moved to level orange restrictions as of today. What does this mean for you? And the results are brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890. And so far, 36% say... I'm going to be staying home unless it's absolutely necessary to go out. 34% say I'll still be going out, but will definitely be more cautious. And 30% say nothing. I'm just going to keep living my life. Cast your vote at cjob.com. We'll get another question, a new question up for you soon. And indeed, Winnipeg and 17 surrounding metropolitan communities are officially in a new level of restrictions as the province battles a surge in COVID-19 infections in the capital region. So that means we're now required to wear masks while indoor public places as part of this uh, ramped up public health restrictions. Gathering sizes have also been pared down to 10. That's both indoors and outdoors. And the new rules fall under Manitoba's color-coded pandemic response rating systems. And they'll be here for at least four weeks, which is including Thanksgiving, according to our Chief Public Health Officer, Dr. Brent Rusin. Great. Yeah, when the province ordered non-essential business to close in March, restaurants and bars were hit as hard as any business in the economy. Many restaurants shifted gears and reinvented themselves as either delivery or pickup operations, and others found other creative ways to keep their operations afloat and keep their employees working. Chris Graves is the owner of the King's Head Pub, who became an online grocer in their efforts to pay their bills. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, folks. How are we? We're doing okay. Uh, you know, the online grocery, that, that must seem like a lifetime ago already. Does this feel like the longest year ever for you? Yeah, it, you know what? Absolutely. It totally does. And uh, well, listen, we're at that point right now where, uh, you know, the messaging out there, and I, I just want to make sure that we're very clear, too, that gathering sizes of 10 are definitely for, you know, the the not the restaurant business we are still uh we are still basically adhering to what our capacity is so we can have more than 10 people i just want to make sure that that's really clear out there uh when dr rusin came out and said that uh you know that bar hopping had to do with 50 percent of uh of the cases you know we just got annihilated again with cancellations and stuff like that so uh yeah, we are. We're in some pain right now, and we're feeling it again. Uh, and we may very well have to go back to the grocery business again just to keep our uh, employees going. How do the level orange restrictions affect operations like yours, Chris? So we continue to do exactly everything that we have been, and the only difference is people have to wear a mask now when they come into the pub. And we've noticed anyway, many people have anyway. Our staff have been wearing masks now for over a month. Uh, We still have a very strict uh, cleaning regimen. You know, we literally have a timer that goes off in the pub. Most people think it's a drinking game, but it's a cleaning game. And when it goes off, it's time to start cleaning again. And we clean every touch point possible. We also have an outside company that comes in every morning and completely fogs and sprays our place down. I mean, we are going above and beyond what uh, anybody has even asked us. We know many restaurants like yours are, Chris, they're they're finding ways to try to keep things as safe as possible. But at the same time, the province said when it announced Friday that we were moving to a code orange today, it also said it's going to be having discussions with the restaurant and and bar and nightclub sector because 
there might be more changes coming. What do you know about that? So uh, this actually would be something interesting because uh, the last couple of phases, they didn't consult the restaurant industry at all. So it is positive to hear that they are. And again, I don't want to be here and just always seem to be like coming down on the government. I really don't. I want this to be a message of positivity and the fact that, you know, we've come together as, as a city and as a province. I really believe that. And I just hope that we continue to stay safe. But I think that restrictions probably are going to come down uh, there are going to be ones that we may not even necessarily agree with, but the safety of everybody and the patrons is going to be so important. And we need every bar and restaurant out there to do the right thing. And that's so important. They need to do the right thing. Uh, you know what, Chris, that, that prompts me to ask you this question. I, I know that you've been, of course, not even not only checking IDs for people's uh, legal drinking age and if they uh, qualify for that, but you've also been confirming uh, status with regard to province of residency for people coming into the King's Head and, and asking all the questions associated with that and denying entry, as I understand it, in certain circumstances. Is it frustrating to see re- reports of other establishments doing the bare minimum or less? Yeah, it can be very frustrating. And I mean, everybody is operating on their own, uh, kind of on their own way that they think they should be. And that's completely fine. There are other ones out there that are doing it. It would have been really nice to have something a little bit more mandated. Uh, it, it is kind of a, it is kind of like a, a do your own scenario thing right now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we have encouraged other people to kind of go above and beyond, but I do get the other side of it where right now one person that walks through that door could be an extra day or two that you keep the lights on in your place, right? So it is a very fine line, uh, but we have continued to scrutinize pretty tightly, and we will continue to do that, and uh, hopefully we just continue to uh, survive. Chris Graves is the owner of the King's Head Pub, joining us live on 680 CJOB as Level Orange restrictions take effect in the metro Winnipeg region. Chris, thank you very much for joining us this morning. We appreciate the time as always, sir. All right. Thank you guys very much. It is 8.13 on 680 CJOB. Chris is up early. He was on Global News Morning before mm-hmm. 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. That's not usual hours for a restaurant person. Yeah. Though. Yeah, for sure. And never mind a restaurant, a pub. And restaurant person, you yeah. know, that pub part really pushes you over the top. Maybe he hasn't gone to bed yet. Maybe now it's bedtime. He's like, okay, I'm done with the start. Now I can take a nap. Every chance of that. In our next segment, we have a $25 gift card to give away from Manitoba Turkey Producers. And then after 9.15, we have a large two-topping pizza to give away from Santa Lucia. Based on your text messages this morning on the question, is there a chore that you actually like doing and ron sent a super thoughtful text this morning he says a chore that i enjoy doing each year is writing and choosing christmas cards for family and friends choosing a special card and writing a little message in it helps to keep in touch with people we rarely see or visit also it's fun to go to the mailbox and find a christmas card in it from a longtime friend or relative uh, by the way, it's less than three months until Christmas. Uh, Thank you very much, Ron. And uh, I asked him, is there a bottle of something fun beside you? And he says, 
Uh, yeah, there's usually a festive rum and eggnog. And I ask because one of my buddies, uh, it's been years since he did this, but for a couple of years he, he had this tradition where he would ha- he would craft up, as he called them, rum-soaked Christmas cards where he'd put a bottle beside him. And I always hope to be part of the, you know, one of the last cards he wrote because by then (laughs) he's had a lot. The emotions are flowing. I love you, man. You're my best friend, Brett. (laughs) Can't live without you. I'm so proud of you, man. You've done some incredible things with your life. I'm just wishing, oh, we don't get enough time together. (laughs) Something like that? Not quite that much, but some of them were pretty funny. So, Ryan, if you're listening, good morning to you, sir. Uh, Right now, we've got to talk, continue to talk about Level Orange because the RMs of Headingley, Tashay, Rosser, McDonald, they're all on the list of municipalities that, along with Winnipeg, have moved into Code Orange as of today. So, of course, we know that means masks are mandatory. Gatherings are now limited to groups of no more than 10. And while we know the bulk of the cases right now are centered in Winnipeg, as Dr. Rusin said Friday, many people travel from bedroom communities into Winnipeg every day for work or for shopping or for other reasons. And so they have been included in this court orange, and we wanted to see how some of them are feeling. Larry Johansson is the mayor of Selkirk and joins us now. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Lauren. How are you doing? We're good. Were you surprised by that announcement Friday that Selkirk would be one of the communities included in this Court Orange? Well, uh, surprised a little bit, but, you know, we're part of the Winnipeg metro region. Um, so when they grouped the region into it, uh, obviously they grouped the city of Selkirk into it, too. But it's always been kind of a stickler that we belong to this metro region uh, long before I was uh, in the mayor's chair. And, uh, you know, I, I often wonder about this because, I mean, Selkirk is a standalone city, um, you know, where we have industry, we've got commerce, you know, housing, medical, strong recreation. So we're not a bedroom community. Uh, and I can see the bedroom communities close to Winnipeg being involved with this, but um, it disappoints me that we're uh, looped in there with them. Larry, could I make this argument? I know lots of people that live in those bedroom communities and you're uh, maybe a little bit of a victim of your own success in terms of economic development because there are plenty of people that traditionally you would associate as a Winnipeg bedroom community, but people who live in particular a little bit east and northeast of the city will look to Selkirk for their shopping and in particular your hospital. So in that sense, are, are are you not more intertwined with Winnipeg than you might otherwise have been? Oh, no, I agree 100% with you. Uh, we are a strong hub for the Interlake. Uh, they're here for medical. They're here for business. Um, they're here to look at housing and perhaps re- relocating here. But that's the reason that our team has worked hard, uh, very diligently, on having our community safe. I think numbers don't lie. Uh, we have no cases here. Uh, we're surrounded by it. But the city of Selkirk, we have no cases. And I mean... I can point to a couple of examples. When we opened our Selkirk Park, uh, we had health officials come out, explain what uh, we had to do. Uh, We had them back after we prepared our pool and our RV park and our skateboard park, and they said we went uh, above and beyond uh, what was expected. Uh, And we're also doing the same thing for the rec center that's due to to open for hockey and walk and jog programs. I, I give tremendous credit uh, to the amount of money and the manpower we put in uh, to make our city safe. So uh, while we are <clears throat> seeing a lot of visitors here, we have seen them here for, for a good 20 years now, uh, more every year, 
we are being a safe community. Uh, you'll know the Steinbach's not in the metro region, and I mean, they're a very active city also. Meanwhile, Donauder, which is by Winnipeg Beach, is in there. So, I mean, it's just, I, I just can't see how they, how they picked and choose as it went along. Has there been any pushback from uh, residents of Selkirk? No, absolutely not. I mean, residents in Selkirk have been very diligent on uh, on mask wearing. I mean, I give them uh, kudos, 100% kudos to our residents and our businesses. We've operated very, very smart here. Um, you know, I've seen people walking, even teenagers and youth, you know, they're walking down, down the street and they give each other uh, good distance as they pass on the sidewalk. So, I mean, I'm very, very impressed with that. And uh, I just... I just have trouble with Winnipeg, 80%, Selkirk, zero, and uh, we're, we're based in the same, uh, in the same region. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of mind-boggling to me. I guess a line has to be drawn somewhere, though, there, Larry, you know, when they're looking at it. And this is the same argument people would make, well, make things province-wide. Well, then next thing you know, you have towns up in the north who've seen zero cases all year long included. And so a line does have to be drawn somewhere. Were you consulted or, or brought into the conversations before this announcement, or did it come? I was given notice five minutes before a Zoom meeting uh, with the minister for the announcement, uh, which I couldn't be on because I was in other meetings, but I had administration on there. So no, it was uh, it really came as a as a complete surprise to us, and I'm and I'm all for safety. Believe me, I mean when the pandemic first hit on our website, we not only had the City of Selkirk recommendations updated daily, we also have Health Canada's website on our website, and we have uh, Provincial Health on our website, and daily updates are put in there. So believe me, we when I say we take this very very seriously. And I think, like I say, numbers don't lie. I, I, I think it shows that we're, how the precautions we have in place are working now uh, with, with no cases. So if we can, you know, supply commerce, housing and, uh, and business commercial to the interlake, and we do to, uh, to parts of Winnipeg, and, and maintain no cases, I think we should be looked at in a strong light. Well, I guess it'll be interesting to see how, if that continues and that trend continues uh, for you. Larry, what kind of uh, testing options do folks in Selkirk have with regard to COVID-19? Well, we're one of the only two drive through sites in Manitoba, uh, one in the north end of Winnipeg and there's one in Selkirk here. So, uh, yeah, we have them coming over from all across Manitoba to, to here to get tested. So, uh, the province put asked to put that here, and I was proud to to have it here. I, I think it's good, and uh, you know, it's. Um, I think that helps us uh, having a testing site right here, mm-hmm. uh, where if a person wants to go get tested, uh, sees their doctor, and and you know, is uh, is put towards the site, say from this area. They're tested, and uh, I think that's a good thing, and I think that's helped us immensely also. You could argue it it really legitimizes your numbers, Larry. It does, absolutely. No, I'm, uh, you know, I, like I say, I'm very proud of what we've been doing here. I'm very proud of our team. I'm proud of our residents, and I'm extremely proud of the businesses, that, the way they have been going. And uh, I, I think it's a success story. The pandemic is terrible. Uh, we all want to see it it gone, and and we'll do whatever we have to to see it gone. I just I just wish there was a little bit more thought um, 
even to whether we should be included in the Winnipeg metro region. I, I just don't know. We're, we're a different entity than, than what uh, some of those communities are. Larry Johansson is the mayor of Selkirk, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Larry, thank you very much for the time, as always. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Have a good day, guys. It is time to give away that large two-topping pizza for Santa Lucia. And as always, you have come through with some amazing text messages at 204-780-6868. We asked you the question, is there a chore you actually enjoy doing? Because I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I hate chores. But there are some where once I'm actually doing them, I don't mind doing them. Like I'll look at the bucket of laundry that needs to be folded and think... I guess I should do this. But then once I'm doing it, I find it it relaxing, satisfying. Same for dishes. Once I start doing the dishes, I put on some music. I'll put on some earth, wind, and fire. Some some red bone. Basically anything Guardians of the Galaxy would listen. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll do the dishes and I'll have some fun. A little dance party in my kitchen. Are you doing that earbud style or are you doing that on a speaker? Speaker. Yeah. Yeah, I got a little Bose Bluetooth speaker. so Can't go wrong with that. Sounds great. So... Uh, so we wanted to know, is there a chore you actually enjoy? So we have our winner, but we've selected several runners up here, like Scott, who says, in the late 60s and early 70s, one chore that was fun but bizarre was that after vacuuming, the shag carpets had to be raked. Don't you dare step on the freshly raked shag carpet. Brett, Scott says, it was very much like a sand trap. You have to rake your way out. We had a rake in our house. Really? How long 70s. were these carpet hairs? And they weren't, well, they weren't even, <laughs> it wasn't even that long. And I don't know if my stepdad got sold something he should have bought, shouldn't have bought when he bought, you know, the, bought a vacuum from a door to door salesman. Okay. <laughs> and then he's like, look at this rake. Look at the job this rake does. It's like, do you, do you really think we're going to do that? I think that rake probably still lives in that same house because there's there's no way it was used more than twice in in like in the decade that we had it. Yeah, I'm just looking at an old ad here. Shag carpet rake. Quick, easy. Yeah. Restore the beauty yes. of shag carpets. Mm-hmm. Quick and easy. Not. Double lacquered four foot wood handle. Get one for a friend too. She'll, <laughs> she'll love you for it. Oh, good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. So this ad is quite clearly uh, pretty old. Uh, Loren, you you spotted a good one on a chore jar. Well, I love this one because it reminded me of a great memory I have from growing up. So this listener texted, good morning. My worst job was when we were young. We had a chore jar every Saturday morning. I'd stick my hand in that jar and I would always get the bathroom. Looking back now, I bet you they were all the bathroom. <laughs> and I bet you he's right. It reminded me of my mom used to set the timer on the microwave when we were little and say, you know what? I'm going to set it for 20 minutes. When it beeps, you can stop cleaning up. And we later learned in life that she would reset the timer on the oh. microwave, if not once, sometimes two. Like, I don't know how dumb we were that we'd go like 60 minutes being like, this is a really long 20 minutes because you keep going back to check the clock and still 11 minutes left. This can't be right. But I think that's how she got us to, you know, commit and uh, finish the job instead of just going to the bit, the buzzer, so to speak. You never called shenanigans on that one? Well, I'm trying to remember how we discovered this. If it was just more, she was very good. She also had this thing where she would, especially when we're very young, she'd be like, it'd be so nice if I had some fairies or sprites or gnomes who would come clean up the house and clean up the bedroom. And so we convinced ourselves that we would 
clean up and then say, Mom, the fairies must have been here. Like magic must have happened. And she'd be like, oh, I just love those fairies. And we'd be like giggling in the corner, totally duped into cleaning up, <laughs> but thinking we were duping her. Yeah. You're just none of this is making me sound very smart right now. Oh no! But, oh come on, you're gullible. A I'm gullible. A, I'm the oldest of five, and let me tell you this: that when my mom passed away, it was about three, four days after her funeral. We were all we all got together for dinner, and we were chatting, and we all learned that in Joanne's eyes, we all made the best tea. So moms are very good at convincing you to do things with a little bit of a sweet talk. And I don't know if it was my brother, Chris, who said, uh, well, you know, I made the best tea. And then another one of us said, uh, mom said I made the best tea. Well, guess what? She'd conned us all into believing that we made the best tea so that we would make tea for her. <laughs> so... Yeah, good one, Mom. Yeah, parents yeah. are sneaky. Yeah, well, we had to wait till she was gone to, to figure it out. So you were quicker than me, Loren, on figuring it out. Good. Okay. You uh, also spotted another good one from Dave. Well, just I like the I like the imagery here. So Dave says, I love the chore of garbage day. I actually feel good throwing things out. My shoulders relax. And I think that's the kind of thing you talk about sort of when you get into it, Brett, that feeling you have sometimes yep. that it can be therapeutic in a weird way. And I do agree. Tossing things out like that purge. It is. It makes you feel accomplished. Like even if it's just a small bag of something that you no longer use, or it is fully just a dirty uh, garbage bin. Yeah, it's like you can look in, and it's quick and it's easy, and you're done. I have been meaning to since I moved into my apartment last September. Since I hastily moved in there to go through the boxes and boxes of junk, and I never do. I I look in one closet and go, I should deal with this, but. Uh, I don't even know where to start, so I just close it. And then I look in my other closet, and I just see this big mess. I'm like, I'll do this one day, but not today. Eventually, I'm going to have to deal with that. And I know, like, the shoulders relax. That does paint a great picture because I just get anxiety looking at it. So I know when I finally do it, it's going to feel great, mm -hmm. but I just can't bring myself to do it, and I just plop down in the chaise and pass out. Is it part of it knowing that once you start, you're not going to stop? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm horribly disorganized when I – like, I, I have a hard time – with big tasks like that, it takes me forever because I, I just can't figure out where to start. I can't figure out what to do next. So I just know it's going to be a huge chore. I almost need someone to come in and do it for me to just take just take it all away. It just goes, take it all away. Hey, that goes a long way, just having somebody with you. Yeah. Yep. So one day. I'd we'll offer to there. help you, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> that would be a disaster. I wasn't fishing for either of you that to come help. That would be a disaster. Uh, there, oh, I wasn't even thinking that, by the way. I was like, oh, it sounds <laughs> terrible for him. I wonder who's going to help him out. <laughs> um, Ada sent a great text, Greg. Yeah, she said a funny story about office dishes in the sink. <clears throat> one guy was notorious for leaving his mess one day after he had done it yet again. I called his name over. Over the PA system for the entire building. Your mother doesn't work here. Please come back to the kitchen and do your dishes. Loren, you used to, there used to be a PA system in this building or in the, on this oh, floor, right? Oh, there still right? is. I'm not giving you the code, though. I'm going to keep it to myself. Oh, the PA is still active? Oh, it works. I tested it when I was in for a couple of weeks in August. You perhaps missed out, but I went to our uh, to Sarah, who uh, is our one of our computer engineers, and we tested it. And then I went to all the radio booths to make sure you couldn't hear me being obnoxious on the PA system inside the radio studios so that you weren't hearing me on the air. And then I just gave it a couple of tries. You know, And it can be done from in this studio? Any phone. Oh, any phone. Okay. Dial nine. 
Okay. I, what I just mean is that when you use it, <laughs> okay, you don't. I didn't want to because I used to often play music over it or just yeah. be like, "Hey, like everybody, does anyone have any food they can bring me?" Or <laughs> I'm hungry. Hey, like I'd be like Mike Conkin, or if you're near the lunchroom, I could really use a diet coke right now. Yeah, and once and, again, <laughs> once again, you're proving why you're not allowed to touch any buttons, Loren. So then I, so when I realized the PA system still worked, even with all the upgrades over at 201, I wanted to make sure you weren't going to hear me make like a Diet Coke request while, say, Hal was on air in the afternoon or something. Okay. Like so you can't hear it in studio is my point. On this, we got a couple more texts here to read. We got a text from Ron, a text from Melissa that uh, we can read. Melissa's ineligible for the win because she won a pizza last week, but Lorenz, she told us another great story here. Yeah, Melissa's is really good because she, uh, well, it's, I, I get it. So she writes, I love getting the gunk out, hair in the shower drain. I've got it. Bugs in the window frame. I'm there. I have to admit that like Loren, I get distracted easily and start doing a handful of things at once. My husband will walk in the house and say, Mel, you're doing it again. You've got half the house torn apart. She then goes on to say that her son had an outdoor hockey tournament and the weather was so cold. They were on standby all day to see if the wind chill would decrease. Needless to say, Melissa writes, he didn't play any hockey, but the over-the-range fam was spotless, took the whole thing apart, cleaned off the grease and gunk. Haven't done it since then. Maybe that should be my chore this weekend. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I, I get distracted too. I'll start one and then I'll start another and then I realize I haven't completed anything I set out to do, but I've started a bunch of, th- of stuff. And why does it always end? And I saw a meme that was just like me the other day that said, and this is how I ended up sorting photographs on the closet floor. Because you end up with some box by the end of this. Like, you know, you go from the kitchen to the bathroom, then you're moving the towels, the towels to the closet. You're in the closet. The closet jewelry thing is unorganized. Then behind it is your box of old photos. And you're like... Two hours later, just looking at old photos. <laughs> Nothing's cleaner. Ron sent us a really thoughtful text earlier saying, a chore that I enjoy doing each year is writing and choosing Christmas cards for family and friends. Choosing a special card and writing a little message in it helps to keep in touch with people we rarely see or visit with otherwise. Also, it's fun to go to the mailbox and find a Christmas card in it from a longtime friend or relative. By the way, it's less than three months until Christmas. And Ron adds he has a festive rum and eggnog while he is doing that. But... I loved that text. We loved all these texts, but uh, Greg, Linda is the winner. Linda, uh, Linda, I guess that's her name. Yeah, Linda. Now. She's Linda. Linda. Uh, happy Mask Up Monday. I enjoy most chores when I have time. There is such a sense of satisfaction making everything clean. A chore I despise is washing muffin tins. I just don't do it. I use the paper, paper muffin liners, and when they get yucky enough, I throw them out and I buy new ones. <laughs> so Loren and I went back and forth agreeing that there's probably nothing much worse in the, in the sink than washing out the muffin tins. And then she says, well, my ex-husband used to wash them. Maybe I should put on my dating profile, must be willing to wash muffin tins. Uh, good one, Linda. I told her she'd just do it like me and not use them. Mine are sparkling clean because they never get used. <laughs> so that's another option. If she can't, if it doesn't work in the online dating, just don't make muffins. Well, Linda, you got yourself a large two-topping pizza from Santa Lucia, so maybe you can put that on your dating profile. I have a free pizza to share. Who wants some? That's the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. And you can listen to us live on 680 CJOB, Monday to Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb on The Start. <laughs>